listening to the Dopos podcast. Adam Doe here, joined by my friend Ryan Gentry. Um, Ryan, we, we were just talking about school stuff, uh, family stuff, I guess. But uh, how's how's Arizona? Like, is it is it hundred degrees all the time, or is that just not, no, not man? True? Like right now, we're like a cheaper to live California. It's it's the perfect time to, for Arizona. Like usually uh, we had a really long period of triple digits. So we were burning up. Me and my family were cooking alive for a really long time. But uh, now we're getting into like the mornings are like a cool 40. And then it's just like mid seventies in the afternoon and sunny. It's just, it's, it's perfection. Oh, okay. So you guys are really cold at night because you're, you're just like more desert than California. Yeah. That's, that's the weird thing about a desert is like you, you're, your plants in your garden can freeze overnight and then it'll be like shorts weather later on in the day. So it's, it's weird, but it's still super nice. Yeah. We're, we're only like low fifties, high forties at night. And then most of the day it's just seventies mm-hmm. for like the whole year, pretty much. Yeah. Dude can't be California. I, I went to college in San Diego and I think about the weather there all the time. I still go out there to visit my girlfriend and it's just like, uh, you can smell the ocean and the weather's like sweet. So, but yeah. Arizona's good too. We can have like a 20 minute conversation about the whole taco thing, but I think, I think I've overdone it on this podcast. So there's, okay. there's no need. <laughs> yeah. So I was trying to get stuff to talk about here with Ryan and, uh, basketball was not, apparently was not the best thing to talk about. And Star Wars, Star it's, Wars was actually the best thing to talk about. I'm I'm so ashamed that like my basketball IQ is so low. My brother would probably kill me if he heard that. Like I have not been keeping up with the season at all, but um, I'm I'm paying a little bit more attention after free agency and uh, like looking at the Sacramento Kings and all these other big moves that they made and stuff. But uh, yeah, I've been I've been you know nose down in like all the Star Wars stuff right now and uh, watching all the Netflix things because you know quarantine you got a lot of time to catch up on stuff. You're one of my rare friends who like is a neutral fan, right? <laughs> you don't you don't really have a team, like a no, a, yeah, yeah. It's that's, it's that's it's weird like that. Um, I I don't know. I I never really like gravitated towards one specifically. When I was a kid, I liked the Thunder a little bit. Um, just because I was a big KD fan, but um, now it's just more like. I enjoy stepping back and enjoying the game as a whole. And so the, the counterbalance, the downside of that is like, sometimes I end up just not paying attention to season moves. And then I just wait till there's actually basketball being played and then I'm locked in. So you don't get the heart palpitations that I get when like the Lakers are neck and neck, with like <laughs> a team fourth quarter down by two, man, that, I, I love watching the bubble uh, that last season. It was so magical and I'm so happy for Lakers fans. That's like the benefit of it. I get to be happy for like all the fan bases, even y'all dirty, rotten Lakers fans over there. <laughs> Just seeing you guys uh, with your triumphant moments with LeBron winning and uh, especially in this year after losing Kobe and all that, I think it was just a really magical season for y'all. Um and so I get to I get to enjoy the high moments with all the fans of the different franchises, which I think is kind of a cool part of being a neutral fan. Yeah. I went through six years of losing, right? Oh, yeah. Six years. That's, that's not, that's not a lot like, like compared to other fan bases, but six years was, I mean, if you're humbling. accustomed to greatness, absolutely. That's, that's a tough time right there. Yeah. I started watching them just six years ago. So I only knew them to be losers. Like oh, I never man. saw the winning. Yeah. So, so that's going to feel that year. much better. Yeah. Yeah. Holy cow. Right. Congrats, man. Thank you, Ryan. All right, Star Wars talk. I want to talk Mandalorian with with Ryan. Apparently, he's a self proclaimed nerd, super nerd about Star Wars. Um, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, 
I want to gauge though, like how much do you know? Like, do you know? I'm I I feel like you know more than I do about Star Wars. Ooh, I don't know. I um the my problem was that I haven't learned, I haven't engaged with and learned as much of the new canon. I was uh I played a bunch of the when I was younger, the video games, I read the books and all that when I was a kid. Uh, and then when Disney bought, I think it was Lucas Arts or whatever, um, they erased all the old canon and so my knowledge just kind of became useless. I was a little bit bummed. Okay. But uh, so, I still, I know, I know a bunch of stuff, but just not as much as I used to. Okay. So my knowledge is just based on the movies only plus Clone Wars plus a little Rebels. I haven't really seen like a full episode of Rebels. I think the animation is just kind of goofy. It, it, it's weird. It bothers me. It's like yeah. Clone Wars, but they, they turned the dial too far. It's, it's tough to watch. Yeah. So Clone Wars, Mandalorian, a little Rebels is from YouTube videos, and then right. some like wiki page perusing every now and then just to f- learn something new. Yeah. Um, when you when you said that you read the books, like my mind just shifted towards like the books for the actual movies and not like the comic books for a second. Oh yeah, man. I I read a few comic books. Um, I I early on after the Disney acquisition, I read a lot about Lando Calrissian um, cause he had his own comic series, which I thought was cool. Um, and then before that, when I was like younger, I was reading books like of all the between travels of Anakin and Obi-Wan before, like during the clone wars and stuff. And that was really cool. But um, also Boba Fett's series. I was a big fan of uh, what was going on with his life before the original trilogy. But now it's like, it means nothing. And it bums me out, except for the Lando. The Lando comics are still in the canon. Yeah, you definitely know way more than I do because <laughs> all I know about Lando Carizian is he's the guy that sold out, you know, Han, Leia, Luke to Darth right. Vader in episode five. That's all I know about Lando. Yeah. He's oh, got- he, made, he, made a, he made a quick cameo appearance in episode nine. Uh, episode he was good nine, in Solo, but... though. Uh, yeah, Don, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I didn't I didn't like I didn't like Solo. Oh, you didn't like Solo? That's my unpopular opinion. I love Solo. I had a great time with that movie. And all of my friends after we left was like, oh, that was bad. And then I didn't like Rogue One on my first watch, which was like after I watched it a couple more times, I was like, okay, this is pretty good. But first watch, I didn't enjoy Rogue One. Rogue One is the best Star Wars movie I after episode six. Like seven, eight, nine, Rogue One is like still better than than those. I, those three i think okay you like return of the jedi more than empire strikes back uh okay here's the thing i'm <laughs> i started watching the the prequel movies before the original movies so okay me too look i'm a i'm a tech guy okay right. i i was spoiled by the the better graphics the better you know animation the better Absolutely. cgi so going back to the original episodes one two three um i just did okay wait let's just be clear here we'll use four five six as the original trilogy movies and then one two three as the prequel so when i went back to episode four five and six and the you know it was just really old looking i didn't enjoy it as much so yeah that's fair empire strikes back i liked i liked it the most but i don't you know I don't. I can't really talk about which one's really better. They are really goofy looking. All the old ones. Uh, there's some stuff in there. I mean, for the most part, I think it's aged really well. But there's some some shots in there where you're like, okay, that's really cheesy. Yeah. So I saw the prequels first, and then I went back to the originals. Did so, you start with uh, 
episode one, uh, Phantom Minister, did you like catch him late? Because the first one I watched was uh, Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones. Sorry. So I saw, here's the thing. I saw Revenge of the Sith first, only because my okay. my, my, my dad took me to, to the theater once to see it. I, for, I, I remember nothing about it except for the scene where Yoda like was escaping from uh, the, the Senate building. Yeah. Uh, then later on, as I grew up, I went back to re- rewatch the, the first three and then I went to see the originals. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that, that's, that's about, I think that's the same pace I was on or the same way I experienced all of them. Yeah. Um, as a kid though, like I just never understood like, wait, if new, new hope happens after revenge of the Sith, why is the tech so old looking? (laughs) And then I realized like, why? No, no grasp of like how continuity or timing works in media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, clone wars, like I love clone wars so much. It's, It's great. Uh, it's it's such a well done series, um, and I'm so glad that like Disney finished that final season um, that they brought it back to have like more closure because the, and the final season was just as good as any other season, so that made me happy. I I would go as a kid. I would go go do some swimming at the YMCA, mm-hmm. and then at on a Friday night, I would go home, have some chicken noodle soup. And then 9 p.m. Cartoon Network would be on, and then the new episode of Clone Wars. Oh yeah, and especially as a kid, it's like the like the edgiest kid show I've ever seen. Like, there's some brutal stuff that happens in there. Uh, it was like, as a kid, it was like the closest I could get to like watching a war movie. I guess <laughs> you had yeah. all these like soldiers, like they really focused on the bond between all the different characters and stuff. And I thought that was uh, it made engaging it a lot of fun because the storytelling was because it's a series and not a two hour movie, you're, you're examining a relationship over like years instead of, uh, you know, just a quick sit down for a movie. Yeah. Remember the episode where they go back to Geonosis for a second time to, uh, I think shut down a fat droid factory on Geonosis. Yeah. Yeah. It was Obi-Wan, Adi Mundi, Anakin, Ahsoka. They were leading like three battalions or whatever. Right. Yeah. I remember that. That, that arc of the the season, I guess, like it looked just like a movie. It looked like mm-hmm. it looked just like Attack of the Clones. It was amazing. High stakes and everything. Yeah, it was it, it's it's a wonderfully executed show and it's so rewatchable. I, I love putting on episodes of that. Yeah. It's just like Clone Wars in the office. I'll just like turn on whenever I'm like, oh, what do I need to watch? I need something to pass the time. Interesting. So those yeah. are your, your go to's. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite arc of, of Clone Wars was probably uh I love the Umbaran arc just because it's so frustrating when uh was I think it's General Krell or whatever the dude's name was, forearm guy. Right. Uh yeah. was just throwing the clones to the wayside. That one bothered me because it's just so gritty and sad. Uh and then honestly the the new season, I just got a kick out of the new season. Anything involving uh Darth Maul and Savage Press was also great. I I thought it was interesting how the Dave Filoni, the creator, um, mm-hmm. I feel like he had a touch on every episode, but I, I like how they were teasing us every every couple episodes where they would either either like Krell or like um, I forgot it was Fives Fives or Echo, where mm-hmm. they were just teasing us with events that happened in canon that you know like some people knew Order sixty six was gonna come or right. Uh, I, I love how they were just teasing us like, oh, yeah. we were just this close to to Order 66 from not happening. And I think those the, the show Clone Wars made the prequels better. Um, if you look at the prequels on their own, they're 
they're still kind of weird and goofy and some of them are just lame with like weird story points that don't land but after you watch clone wars um like all the relationships and all the random moments that or random that you that looked random through the first watch through like have so much more context with them that like they've made the prequels like a better set of movies than they were before clone wars came out yeah i don't know how to feel about them bringing back darth maul for the okay. clone wars i i feel like he should have just died really um, in episode uh episode one i feel like they you know, I wonder if they just ran out of ideas or something and they're like, oh, let's just bring back Darth Maul. I don't know if you have like a more accurate answer to that. Well, I, I'm just re- I'm relieved they did because he he was the coolest villain of the prequels, in my opinion. Like Count Dooku is like a boring old guy. And then you have this dude that was like fighting with a double lightsaber that looked like some kind of demon. And then, you know, you watch phantom menace and you think this is going to be like the big bad like the prequels darth vader for them and then he just gets like chopped in half at the end of the movie <laughs> and i was like oh yeah. it's kind of a bummer because he was like he was a really cool character so i'm glad they brought him back because his arc was really interesting and they made him they gave him like a unique story without him needing to be like the primary villain of the show he's just kind of like a rogue element in the whole thing so i i like that he's back um because that kind of ties and it's kind of a nod to a lot of the things that happened in like the now non-canon legends where he starts a gang and all that stuff. So I, I like what they did with Darth Maul, which I guess, um, and they gave him like a good fulfilling arc. Yeah, it's true. He, he didn't really talk that much in episode one. So, nah, yeah. it was like, Oh, who's this guy? What's he going to do? Like he's, he has this overlord master, but like, he's a really good fighter. And then just like, Joop, he's gone. <laughs> The last couple episodes of season seven, I think, of the of the show, the last season of the show, where they just mirrored perfectly like the events of Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. with the Clone Wars, like it just tied together like that so perfectly. I thought it was I, I got emotional watching it because what this like the Clone Wars came out in two thousand eight. So we were just kids and right. um, twelve years later, it was uh cool to see. Yeah. It's, there's like an inevitability to it. Um, and I was wondering how they were going to tie it into Revenge of the Sith um, and Order 66 and all that. And then after they announced, or like Anakin and Obi-Wan have that scene where they're saying they're going to go help the Chancellor. I was like, oh, this is like happening during episode three. Like this, they're, so they're going to show Order 66. And it had like all the sadness and heartbreak that I was not hoping to see, but like expecting, I guess. Um, and I think they just, they did a great job executing on that. Yeah. I think I also like how they tied some things from Rebels together with Clone Wars. I think in Rebels, Ahsoka was saying that like, oh, the last time I, I saw Anakin, he was uh, going to go save the Chancellor. And so they showed that scene in Clone Wars where they're they're about to separate for the last time. And then mm-hmm. you just get sad knowing that this is the last time like they'll they'll see each other as the same people. OK, so I haven't seen Rebels, so I need I need clarification on this. Oh, actually, you know what? Maybe I can ask this question later when we're going through Mandalorian. But she, uh, does she, what what time period does Rebels take place? Does it take place during the uh, original trilogy? Oh, yeah. Five years before A New Hope. So Okay, cool. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious about that. I, I, I haven't seen most of Rebels. I just like scour the internet and with my, with people, you know, uh, sharing some information they have about 
oh what this what does this scene mean or what does that scene mean yeah i i didn't i didn't really want to watch it to be completely honest um so i just end up looking up highlights or key scenes or stuff um so i don't really have the whole picture but i do understand a little bit about the different characters okay on to mandalorian talk here okay when 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 it was announced that you know the whole the whole season was going to come out on disney plus what what were your thoughts and reactions I had no idea about the, you know, anything about the Mandalorian other than that, the, you know, Django, Django Fett was like the original Mandalorian in mm-hmm. uh, Attack of the Clones. So wondering yeah. uh, what your thoughts were. Django Fett was like the first Star Wars character I ever knew, which I think was like why well, I have a really big attachment to like, uh, I don't know, the silhouette of that armor. I think it's just so cool. And when I was a kid, like when I was really little, I was a big Power Rangers fan. And then there was this Star Wars character that looked kind of like a Power Rangers. So I was like, this guy's awesome. Um, and then he freaking died in the first movie he was in. Um, so I, I, I'm a big fan of like anything Mandalorian or anything that matches that like style. Um, and I also like uh, Western movies, things like that. Uh, also samurai movies and the Mandalorian and then chapter 13 in and of itself it's like a combination of all of those and it's i i love this series i'm so glad with how it's been executed and um i knew it was originally going to be a netflix show uh and i'm glad that i heard that it, like after the purchase went through that it was going to be on disney plus i was like i was stoked for it yeah i i so i was glad to see in clone wars where they decided to expand on on jango fett's like original home planet of mandalore and mm-hmm. then I think when they just introduced the Mandalorians, like, I think it was a shock to me to see so many people dressed up in the same armor as Jango Fett. And yeah. like learning, learning that Jango was actually a part of like a huge, much larger society of people that they're kind of like a cult, really. Right. Yeah. A cult and with th- like armored weapons and stuff. It's like all these different, uh, I think that's what the show has done so interestingly is like there's different approaches to their culture like they see things different a different way like uh when uh the mandalorian meets what's her name uh, bo-katan in the episode before this latest one uh or two before yeah. this late yeah, yeah um and they take off their helmets and he's freaked out by that and she's like oh by the way you're in this radical cult that we don't really mess with and he was like oh <laughs> okay well that's all my beliefs have completely fundamentally changed about mandalorians I think it's uh I I'm a sucker for good world building and I love seeing, you know, there's different approaches to this people group. Yeah. Is it me or sometimes like it the Mandalorian reminds me of like the John Wick film series where they don't try to overcomplicate on why people do things in 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 the script if that makes sense. Like like John Wick if his dog got killed and his car got stolen and that's what start that's like, what there starts you go. like the entire series yeah <laughs> he's going to go kill like, a bunch of guys you got to be okay with it <laughs> like i i feel like they they do the same simple approach in mandalorian where it's just like he doesn't feel good about leaving a kid with some empire people so he just like starts to protect that kid is yeah. is that me do you feel the same yeah, I mean, it's a really, really broad general plot, and I think it's great for the kind of show that it is. Like, it's about his travels, so he has a really loose, really broad mission. Um, it makes all those travels super fun. Like, one of my favorite shows ever is uh, Avatar Last Airbender, and so it's kind of structured that same way where, like, general goal is, like, learn four elements and beat the big bad guy, 
So in this same context, it's just like deliver this kid to this location. And so now you just get to detail these vignettes of different things that he does along the way. And I think it makes for like really fun and interesting kind of low, low effort to watch TV because you're not keeping up with like overly complex plot lines. Yeah. I, I, I like, I like simplicity for, mm-hmm. for this kind of show. If, if I'm watching the crown where it's about <laughs> queen Elizabeth and her family, then fine. Take your time with the, 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 the story building or whatever. But right. if it's Mandalorian, then no need. Yeah. You get to, I want to see like as many cool planets as possible and see as many wild things as possible. So they're really like leaning into that. And I think it's cool to see all these, you know, characters that come full circle, but also just the condition of, uh, like a time period we don't get a lot of looks at, which is like immediately after the empire's fallen. I was texting you this, and and I still stand by it. I I think the Mandalorian is better than any of the new Star Wars movies released, and I don't care if one is a TV show and the other three are movies. Okay, I don't care. Like I think it's a way better product. Um, I think the movies did the the opposite thing of what we were just talking about, where they tried to overcomplicate things and they try to you know. You'd utilize their millions of dollars in their budget to, you know, try to get some people to buy tickets, but I don't think it worked out. Yeah. I, I have a very love hate relationship with the new movies. I really liked force awakens. I think that one was really good. Um, last Jedi was so, so, and then rise of Skywalker. I really liked when I saw it in the theater. And then I've like over time have disliked it more the, like every time I go back and think about seeing, it, I'm like, Oh, I didn't like that at all. I didn't enjoy that. But, that bit was weird. I don't know why they did that plot point. And I've started to dislike it quite a bit. But um, I think Mandalorian's definitely more solid um, and more enjoyable than the movies. But they they were good for spectacle reasons. It's just kind of good to see a series that doesn't have fate of the universe stakes in Star Wars. And so I really enjoy seeing like smaller stories. How many more Death Stars can they can they possibly write into the plot, man? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that that's not what happens in the Mandalorian. He's going to end up having to take the kid to a planet and it's going to be the the new Death Star. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Last thing I want to say about the movies here before we actually really talk about Mandalorian. Okay. When I saw Rise uh Rise of Skywalker, I had a I either had a discounted ticket or a free ticket to watch it and I still like regretted using my my Really? My, that my bad. free discounted ticket. Yeah, it was that bad. When okay. I when it, the beginning when it was when they when you when you see Palpatine is like sort of back, you just you just look you just look at it and you're like, oh, this is yeah. this is gonna not gonna be a great experience. I really wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt after that reveal, beginning of the movie. I was like, yeah, they just they need a villain, I guess, where we'll bring the big bad from the old movies back. Um, and then it really bugged me the more I think about it because it kind of screws up the plot of the original trilogy and of the prequels of like this guy that's going to bring balance to the force or whatever. And then he does. And then in one movie, they go, actually he didn't. And now they, okay, now it's balanced. You know, (laughs) they bring in a character that's supposed to do it. Um, Yeah. It was, it was weird. I don't know why they did that. Probably because they killed who we thought was going to be the villain in the second movie. (laughs) Oh man. Also terrible. Yeah. You had to bring that up now. No. <laughs> there were gonna, so many gonna... missed opportunities with those movies, man. Like Finn was going to be a really cool character. They turned him into a joke. Like we, we've never gotten an interaction with an ex-stormtrooper before. And he just became like 
a guy that they strapped on to marketing and then didn't develop at all. Um, it was it was a bummer. It was a huge bummer. What didn't they imply that he was a force sensitive on some kind of level? Because when he was fighting on in Force Awakens, the lightsaber was kind of moving in the snow. Something something like that. Yeah. And then that's apparently what the secret he was going to tell Ray in the new movie. Um, yeah. So it's it's annoying. I, I don't love it. <laughs> I was going to mention the force lightning and I didn't I didn't like to see that. I think that really? was I think that was just like fan service right there. Like, in oh, you're going to. Yeah. This the, the uh, Rise of Skywalker was just like the fan service Star Wars movie. Some of it, I'm not going to lie. I thought was really cool. Like when she's. Uh, when Ray is like overexerting herself to pull the ship back and then she actually does the force lightning and blows it up. I thought that was like awesome. Like everybody in my theater like gasped and stuff. And that was a really cool moment for me. But then uh, I thought that was just like, oh, she has a lot of darkness. And then the whole reveal that she's a Palpatine. I was like, okay, why are we doing this? How old, how old <laughs> shouldn't she be like a lot older if she's supposed to be Palpatine's granddaughter? Oh, weird. that's true. Yeah. I- I don't know if they had they did the math on that and yeah. try to work, work the ages out. Yeah, unless people in the Star Wars universe were having kids at like eighty years old, I don't know. Okay, <laughs> on to the okay. Really, we're gonna talk about the better Star Wars product. All right, right now. do it. Episode th- chapter thirteen. We find out what Yoda's name, Baby Yoda's Baby name. Baby Yoda. Yeah. Okay. We can't call what him you- that anymore. Oh, uh, I know, right? Now he's. Do you want to say it? <laughs> yeah, Grogu. His name's Grogu. Grogu. I. I, I was watching in my bed, and then when they when they dropped that big reveal finally yeah. after thirteen episodes, I was like, like, oh, his name's Grogu. Um, I again, they're they're just teasing us with like these little details where ah- Ahsoka just like reveals, you know, a couple details about uh, Grogu's path uh, past yeah. for us, and then now we're we're just like waiting for our next our next fix. Yeah, of, uh, <laughs> of details. Yeah, and I think it's it's a cool show with like the subtlety of that. Um, like I said before, it's not really like a fate of the universe kind of show. Like there's a significant significance to what the characters are doing, but like there's no Death Star to blow up. If they fail, nothing horrible is going to happen really. Um, and I think it's kind of a cool thing to care about these characters in the context of what they care about. Um, not just if they fail, everything's going to go wrong for everybody ever. But just if they fail, like they're going to suffer. So I think that's a cool um, setup for these characters. I think the name Grogu's hilarious and cute. And I mean, any name would have been funny. If you just had like a normal human name, I would have cracked up. But uh, we finally have little, little baby Grogu. Yeah. Were you shocked when she revealed that Grogu was at the temple in Revenge of the Sith, but somebody hit him away and that's how he made it out? Yeah. I feel like- like like they they play it so cool because they're obviously you know characters and but when they mention like oh he's he was actually at the temple and somebody hit him away and he's been hiding his powers this whole time and um the part where they, ahsoka said he, he he was trained by multiple masters and and what right i i was actually super surprised to hear that he was like a jedi trained being um i thought the whole th- concept was his species, like the same species as Yoda, was just naturally tuned into that kind of thing. But this idea that he's actually had Jedi training, I thought was kind of hilarious. Because I'm like, of course he has. He's 50 years old. Like, 
they would have found him already back then. And so it was weird. It was weird to hear and think about, but uh, I guess I'm okay with it. I kind of liked the idea of him being just a normal force sensitive little baby, but this is fine too. And then when Ahsoka makes references to Anakin about why like she, she doesn't want to train Grogu because Mm. she's seen how fear and I guess age affects you in your training and um your risk of like turning over to the dark side yeah uh you know i think part of just tying that in the jedi i don't know the jedi i think are kind of weird because their whole their whole thing every every three set movies or whatever or show they're just like i can't train this guy he's too emotional they need to not feel anything ever and i think it's kind of very monkish of them you know uh, so I was, I was shocked. My brother and I, we were watching the episode together. And when she was like, I can't train him. My brother was like, of course she can't train him. No Jedi can ever train anybody. That's always their answer. Um, so I thought it was just kind of funny that she just said like the most Jedi thing ever, even though she's like a, not even really an official Jedi anymore or something. But then she tells the Mandalorian to take Grogu to, uh, Tython, the original right. home of the Jedi and told him told him to put Grogu on top of like a, a rock or something and reach out to the force and try to find a Jedi. Yeah. I find I, that was a weird it, it, Yeah. She's like, I won't train him, but you who aren't even a Jedi can train him. You do it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. More traveling. I'm good with that. We get to see Tython, hopefully. Um, and I think it'll just it'll be a cool series just to see, especially because uh, Mandalorians and Jedi are apparently supposed to be such bitter enemies. Uh, it was interesting. The first opening scene with Ahsoka lighting up her lightsabers and just like killing some people. It was so cool. Were you on the side that thought like we were going to only see Ahsoka for the last five seconds of this episode or? No, I actually, so I guess I was kind of confused because I saw that scene in Rebels where Ahsoka fights Darth Vader um, and I thought that she was dead. I thought she died in that fight. <laughs> so I was, I, I hadn't been paying attention to uh, the casting of Rosaria da- Dawson or anything like that. So when Ahsoka shut up, I was like, oh, I didn't think she was actually still alive. I thought they were mixed up about where she was or something. Um, so I was, I was happy she got her own whole episode. Um, and we get to kind of peek in with what she's doing with her kind of nomadic life. And I thought I was I was glad she was in it for the whole thing. I didn't I wasn't expecting her to be in it at all. I thought we maybe would get like some side information about her, but we got like a full episode of Ahsoka. Wow, you you really didn't know. Like, I didn't. This is coming. I know it's kind of embarrassing. Uh, like she mentioned her last. Uh, Bo-Katan mentioned Ahsoka in the previous episode, um, and so I wasn't. I was thinking like, oh, he's gonna like try to find this person that doesn't exist or that's like gone. But she was actually there, so I was I was pretty stoked about that. I knew about the Rosario Dawson um, casting. And so when Bo-Katan told them to go find Ahsoka, like I knew we were going to get Ahsoka. Right. Um, It's that I think I kind of spoiled it for myself, though, because I I saw on Twitter, like I saw Ahsoka was trending and I clicked it for some reason. And I'm going to I'm on micro rant real quick. Twitter needs to cool it it with the spoilers, dude. Like I every single show, if you don't watch it within 24 hours of it coming out, like it'll get spoiled for you. Every like news outlet that's going to write about a TV show, their thumbnail is always like the biggest thing in that episode. (laughs) I was like, why are you guys showing me this if, uh, you know, people haven't watched it yet? Like give, give us a little bit of time, give us a week or something before you start putting pictures of the episode in the thumbnail, you know? 
Yeah, I think I think I I either like saw it trending the night of or the morning after the episode oh. came out and yeah you, you see ahsoka Ch- tano trending and you, go, you click uh, it you click it and then you see a picture of like rosario dawson and <laughs> i'm so happy with the episode though oh yeah it was it was a great episode and like i said earlier i love uh samurai movies and just like the motifs that they have and this sort of pairing like for that final showdown of really dusty roads and the wind and stuff and it's like the swords woman of in ahsoka and then the mandalorian which is like very cowboyish i thought it was a super cool pairing and i think uh just visually it was a really really um compelling way that they paired the two up yeah i noticed how the outside of where the normal people lived it was very uh westerny not Mm -hmm. not well kept town but then when you enter the the home of the the magistrate I think magistrate just means like governor or something. Yeah. But the inside of her home is like very, looks looks like a Japanese samurai setting with a lot of flowers, water. The river and stuff. The river, yeah. And and their uh, Ahsoka and the magistrate's fight was great because it was like all focused on like negative space in the action, like the really slow, quiet pausing and posturing before they like charge at each other. I thought that was just so cool. I had a great time watching that fight. And then they they flipped back and forth between Ahsoka the, and the Magistrate, and then the Mando versus like the like his bounty hunter or whatever counterpart. Yeah, uh, I think I think this is how it went. But like they were just like having a standoff with like you know hands by their side towards their right. gun. But then Mando wins like the, the the draw. Yeah. So you literally have both of the genres side by side. You have like martial arts sword fighting just on the other side of the wall between just like a really silent talkative or not silent talkative, but like a standoff high noon standoff that's happening in the middle of the street of an abandoned street. So it was, it was hilarious to see like both of those genres just like complimenting each other. Yeah. Another moment that caught me was when the Mando was trying to find Ahsoka in the forest and mm-hmm. she thought he was there to kill her. So he, she started like, slashing at him but his beskar armor was able to withstand um yeah her lightsaber i didn't i didn't he i didn't put his know arms that. up to block it yeah i didn't know like that was i was thinking to myself like is the beskar armor like the vibranium of the star wars universe yeah it's it's sound it's sounding like it uh i remember watching the first season with how much they mentioned beskar and its value it really has become like the vibranium of of star wars um but I was really happy to see that there are like weapons that can stand up to lightsaber swings because I think that's something I really like to see in Star Wars is, you know, a cap to that power level. It just can't cut through anything. Like there's specific materials that people can use to fight, I don't know, a Jedi, for example, because um, that existed, you know, in a lot of the other media, there's vibro steel and all these swords and stuff that people use like to fight with lightsabers. Um, and so having a material that, this guy literally blocks a Jedi as a really cool moment. I was like, finally, we have the Jedi are not overpowered anymore. I, I saw this comment online. I didn't think of this on my own, but somebody pointed out that Mando getting his uh, best car like staff. Now that means that he has a weapon to go against uh, Grand Moff Gideon. I think his name is. Oh, yeah. With the, the dark guy- saber. Yeah, the guy with the dark saber. So now yeah. he now has like a, a a weapon to go against that. 
Yeah. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. I love, I love that he has this spear staff thing too. He's turning into like an old school Mandalorian warrior. Um, and this idea, it's very like video game. Like he just steadily gets upgraded as the show progresses, you know, like he levels up every few episodes, he'll get new armor or he'll get a new weapon or he'll get a jet pack. And I think, uh, I like seeing that progression over the course of the series. Yeah. Some people say that he may just melt the staff down to just use the and, and hmm. you know make the form the metal into something else instead but i think it makes sense that he would just keep it as is as a yeah. weapon yeah i think melting it down would be a cool way to bring the armorer back into the show um if they want to do that reveal but i kind of like the idea of him having just this this cool beskar spear thing are we going to see ahsoka back in the this this season do you think um I thought that they were going to, because I had to remind myself of this. When she mentioned uh, questioning the magistrate, she was like, where's Grand Admiral Thrawn? I was like, oh, they're bringing in all these like characters, these major characters, um, which kind of bothered me because like I said earlier, I like the small scale stories. But um, then I was like, the show's not called Ahsoka. It's not called the Jedi. It's called the Mandalorian. So we get to see, I think that was just kind of a way of updating the audience, what she's up to. But I don't think, I don't think we'll see her again. Um, maybe, uh, actually, you know what? We might get her in like one more episode. The show has a habit of like bringing around the seasons, like forgotten characters for like one more thing. Um, so maybe that'll be the case. I was going to say the same. I think one more, one more or two more episodes, just because Rosario Dawson, she's not just like a, a D-list celebrity. Right. And so if the, they probably gave her a lot of money, so I don't think it'd be a good use of money for just one episode and like, like 20 minutes of, of fighting. Basically. Yeah. Just, just from a production standpoint, you might, they probably want to get her like on some more screen time. A couple more times. Do you know much about uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn? I, I just know he was like in the Rebels series, but... I, I don't. I know he was a, a big bad in the Rebels. I know uh, he's like... He's like one of my one gray areas for old school Star Wars knowledge. He used to be like a really big deal. People like loved his book series and comic series. Um, but I don't know much about him now. I actually am planning on reading the book about him like the in-universe book uh but i he's apparently like a great villain and i'm excited to see actually i don't think he'll be in the series but i think it's cool to, to know that that pursuit between ahsoka and thrawn is happening but i don't know too much about him yeah you mentioned earlier you had a, a question that you, you wanted to save to, for the mandalorian oh Do you remember? i did um shoot what was it what was i talking about when i brought it up uh i think we were talking about the movies or the clone wars or something mm. i think i said it already i think i was talking about like just low stakes fighting and uh bringing characters in from the clone wars um oh i it was just like the the western and samurai imagery i think i was talking about just seeing okay. the standoff between uh ahsoka and the magistrate and then mando versus the like guard captain okay okay just wanted to make sure we we covered that yeah yeah Appreciate you circling uh, back. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember the exact wording of it. Yeah, no worries. Um, trying to think, what what else from the movie? I think we covered uh, most of the points from from this week's episode. Yeah, 
I mean, it was it was a good episode. Um, it was like entertaining. It was interesting. Um, the pacing of this series, I really enjoy how it usually kind of trades off between like an episode of heavy plot development and then an episode of just like, I don't know, miscellaneous traveling. So it's made for like a really fun watch. One one thing I wanted to say, his his ship has been through oh my hell. <laughs> has been through hell and back. The Razor Crest, and man. Somehow every time he every every time like he uh the the creators take his ship to like the brink. He always yeah. manages to find some uh crafty engineers around the the, the galaxy right. to, to fix up his ship for him. Or not so crafty in the in the other episode where he's on that ocean world. Um it's like they did a terrible job. <laughs> I can't believe they they actually you know somehow let him fly a ship through the galaxy without using light speed and then only like the top part of the ship was pressurized so you had to cover the rest of the ship with like cloth material yeah. that was insane yeah i think it's it's cool like the approach to space travel and again that sort of western thing is very much like a man and his horse type of vibe where he's like trying to take care of it and upkeep it some days it's not doing so hot but he's always like making sure that it's like well taken care of um and so I think it's just, it's kind of an immersive thing. It really grounds the character with like another thing in the world. Um, that's like not a really explicit relationship, but it's still a fun one to watch like unfold. Yeah. Just some miscellaneous Q and A here. What okay, did you think about, what did you think about the, the baby Yoda egg situation from. That was freaking me out. Cause I thought, I thought the, the parents, like the frog man and woman were going to catch him munching on their eggs and like lose it and become like villains or something i don't know uh i thought it was kind of funny though but i thought it would also i i'm a big fan of the theory that baby yoda i guess grogu will become more dark side than light side <laughs> just because he's been hanging out with the mandalorian and watching him just kill people for a year almost so uh i think him like eating this passenger's eggs is pretty funny I don't think that happens actually because he's still in his baby form. So we we like we most people won't be able to tell what he's doing and we'll probably just laugh it off. Mm-hmm. Like you know, like the part where he was like force choking uh that the, that lady that was helping Mando. I think most yeah. people just saw that and we were like, "Oh, that's that's funny." That freaked me out. <laughs> yeah, some people obviously like if we if we know what what if we know like a lot about Star Wars and we see that as like oh dark side but yeah i'm worried that some people will just see that as just like oh he's just being a baby he doesn't know his powers or yeah but i think after this episode ahsoka showed that he was like capable of just normal thought where he explained to her like yeah i was at the jedi temple and people attacked it and then i escaped because he's 50 years old <laughs> and right. uh so now i feel like you know you gotta you gotta keep an eye on those those actions they could be kind of sinister she used the same line on him that Yoda used on Anakin when they were trying to see if he was fit to be a, a Jedi. About, yeah, about the, the whole fear. fear. Yeah, the fear. Yep. There you go. Yeah. And look how Anakin turned out. So maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see season three villain baby Yoda, Darth yeah. Grogu. <laughs> I, I don't know if you heard about this, but did you know that they filmed the Mandalorian using like like screens instead of like a green yeah. screen? Yeah. So I, like, I, I find that technology really, really interesting um, just because I work a little bit in video production and the idea of having your environment 
um, that you can color correct for and all of that and not have to composite it in post that I think that's super interesting to just have uh, I forget what they call it isn't it, it's the box or something like that um it's their just room sized LED screens that track camera movements and stuff um and I think that's I think it's really cool and I hope that it's used in more uh like future TV shows movies that sort of thing yeah so I I, I know a little about it, it I know that they're just basically taking the same thing that they used a long time ago, where if you were driving, then they just put a screen behind you and then, mm-hmm. you know, it looked like you're driving. But the problem with that was that the camera couldn't, you know, f- account for when you make a turn in your car or, or you, so the, that the Mando does uh, Mandalorian series like does that a lot better where yeah. you really can't tell like if they're using screens, like it really looks like you're there. Yeah. And uh, ILM, the, the country, company that does that that makes that um i think it's industrial light and magic is their uh name they're like part of lucas arts their groundbreaking visual effects company i think this is something that's going to become industry standard or at least i hope so um because it makes a you get a better performance out of the actors because they turn around and they see a canyon behind them they don't just see green boxes with x's on them for tracking and i think it makes it easier on visual effects artists because instead of working around the scene they're able to build the environment already and the director can't ask for something ridiculous to be done in post because they can just have that environment ready beforehand and record in that environment so it's going to be it's it's a really cool piece of technology and i'm excited to see uh it be applied in other areas as well yeah the lighting is a big factor, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you don't want the green from the green screen to reflect on um, the the character. Or like the, I, I saw an example of like Captain America's shield that they had they had to f- make sure the green wasn't reflecting off his shield yeah. or something like that. And in a show like Mandalorian, with this guy who's just wearing mirrors all over him, he's got this shiny silver Beskar armor. Like I I cringe just thinking about the pain that some visual effects artists would have to go through to to map a environment for a green screen onto that armor but because they're using this this led wall um this environment is projected in real time on his gear so you don't have to worry about oh is the mountain on this helmet right is the sun there instead it's literally already reflecting off of there because he's in that environment yeah all right ryan this was a blast to do yeah Uh, (laughs) We got to talk Star Wars more. I think, I think you're, I, I don't think I've ever talked Star Wars about with anyone this long. Dude, in, in honestly, life. me neither. I'm like the only big Star Wars fan out of all my really close friends. So this was cool, dude. Thanks for having me on, Adam.